Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the set. Thank you very much for joining us here today as we talk about last night's Trump town hall with CNN. And I think the woman was Caitlin or whatever. It wasn't about her. It was about Trump because of the way the audience was clapping. He took it over. And a lot of people, and I believe it was a debate. It wasn't a town hall. She was busy trying to pin him down on specific things. Uh, the election fraud and all that and they wanted to get talking points out of him that he's not conceding the 2020 election they didn't want to talk about policies because he did a great job with policies and joe biden is doing a disaster when it comes to that but to put it in perspective last night's town hall which was at 8 p.m eastern time the slot that usually tucker carlson had up until he was fired from fox news and he had that on fox and now cnn at 8 p.m Got a lot of the viewers that used to watch Tucker Carlson that decided to look at this town hall where Trump is going to be. Otherwise, they wouldn't watch it, obviously. They, I don't know, look back at past uh, on YouTube shows of Tucker Carlson. That's probably what they do every night at 8 p.m. now. There's a lot of content to go over with Tucker. But, you know, you look at Fox. They've lost a lot of views. Uh, Newsmax has taken some of that. But I think last night a lot of them went to watch the town hall. And just a lot of people that even if Tucker Carlson would have still been on Fox, said, hey, I want to see this town hall because there are going to be fireworks. Nobody expected it to be as it was, let me tell you. The highest rated uh, show that CNN has had in years, all right? They're in the tanks in terms of their viewers. At 8 p.m. last night, they had so many viewers, millions of them. We're going to get the ratings in a couple of days from now. But it was the worst day in the history of CNN because Trump creamed that host to smithereens it, it was amazing and that host was trying to prove herself to the executives at cnn because this talk about her possibly getting don lemon's slot at i think it was 10 p.m prime time where don lemon used to be the host of a primetime show at 10 uh at 10 p.m on cnn and he was such a bad host they finally let him go when tucker was fired because they didn't have a problem firing him then once Tucker left nobody could pin it down to racism because Don Lemon's black that's why he was fired well Tucker Carlson's white the number one rated host he was also fired so it's not about racism in this country you're just a terrible host you don't bring in the viewers so he was taken from the 10 p.m. slot to the morning show on CNN with another two co-hosts which downgraded him and ultimately he was fired but there's a 10 o'clock slot where they're rotating hosts every week or i guess every day possibly i don't even keep up with that i know fox is doing that with the 8 p.m slot that tucker used to have every week they have a different host so far it was brian kilmate lawrence jones and now it's kaylee mcenany who is the former press secretary to president trump but this woman that hosted the town hall slash debate last night she's eyeing and vying for that position of the 10 p.m show where don lemon made seven million dollars a year as the host of that program and she wants to get, you're not going to get a start off with seven, but she might get five million a year. What about that? So that's why she tried to prove herself. And she did a pretty good job, I'll say that. But she was wrong on a lot of the issues. She kept on butting into Trump. It was, it was very difficult to do that kind of debate. But let me tell you something about this, all right? It was entertaining. It was fascinating. It was refreshing. It was so enjoyable to watch Trump out there again, looking like he's young and and all ready and up and charged to take on another term of president. I don't think he can make it into general, but still, it was something we haven't seen in years. This reminded me, and this town hall last night tasted like 
the 2016 election where Trump dominated the Republican debates and the general election debates. I am not comparing it to the 2020 general election debate that Trump had with the with the Joe Biden because Joe Biden was half asleep over there. Okay, Trump was over energized for the half asleep Joe Biden. It was like having an MMA fighter fighting with a two year old. That's what it looked like when Trump was debating Joe Biden. It wasn't interesting. I watched it, but it wasn't anything compared to what it was in 2016. But this host of the town hall was pretty good at what she was doing and she was energized and fighting back at Trump and he kept on dumping her dunking her and it was downhill for CNN that's exactly how it was anyways we're going to go over some of the stuff that they spoke about there last night I'll bring you in some cuts because I think he did a major uh, job over there and Trump saying that he might not attend the 2024 Republican primary debates and the excuse he's used, we spoke about this on the show in the past, is that the moderators treat him unfairly, one of the excuses. He proved last night that's not a problem. Trump loved it. He enjoyed it. He has no problem with tough and unfair moderators and hosts. That's where he shines. That's the best moments of Donald Trump. He gives those brilliant answers straight up in the right moment, right time, right tone. It's amazing. So for Trump to say, I'm not doing the 2024 primary debates because the moderators are going to treat me unfairly, and the anchors are going to you know, be more favorable to the other candidates. Trump has no problem with that. We're not going to get into that discussion. But uh, listen, Trump, you got to do the 2024 primary debates. The entertainment aspect of it is so important. I'm waiting for this for years. You didn't do it in 2020 because you weren't the incumbent president. Now you're not an incumbent. you got to do these debates. And, and uh, you know, I can't look forward to the 2024 general election debate because there's a small chance that Joe Biden's going to be the nominee. And then it'll be a replay of 2020 general election debates with Joe Biden half asleep and Trump over energized. It'll be stupid. Trump, you have got to do every single Republican primary debate because every single one of it is so entertaining and so enjoyable. And you love it. Strategically, it's not smart for him, as we spoke about in the past. But Trump is really dying to get onto the stage. And the question is, is he going to be able to resist getting onto the Republican primary debate stage, especially because he just got a taste of winning a debate last night, and he hasn't done such a thing in a while. And it's, I think it's addictive, especially for someone like Trump. So strategically, it's not smart for him to get onto the debate stage, but he still enjoys it. Here we go right now. So the debate started off, or hey, what am I saying? Town hall, right? No, it was a debate. Started off with her asking, will you concede the 2020 election was won by Joe Biden? I want to play you a cut of that start off of the town hall slash debate. Donald Trump and CNN, here we go. Under active federal investigation for trying to overturn the 2020 election results. Your first term ended with a deadly riot. When you still have not publicly acknowledged the 2020 election results, why should Americans put you back in the White House? Because uh, we did fantastically. We got 12 million more votes than we had in, uh, as you know, in 2016. Uh, Trump clearly not succeeding. Far better in that election. Got the most uh, that anybody's ever gotten as a sitting president of the United States. Uh, I think that uh, when you look at that result and when you look at what happened during that election, uh, unless you're a very stupid person, you see what happens. A lot of the people, 
lot of the people in this audience and probably maybe a couple that don't, but most people uh, understand. Bear in mind, this is how it started. Election, and it's a shame that we had to go through it. It's very bad for our country. All over the world, they looked at it, and uh, they saw exactly what everyone else saw. You look, even if you just look recently, with the 51 intelligence agents, that made a 16-point difference. Uh, if you look at the but FBI, if you look at the FBI and. Uh, Twitter, uh, they call it Twitter files, made a big difference. If you look at Mr. President, back right to what you just said there, though, it, it was not a rigged election. It was not mm. a stolen election. You and your supporters lost more than 60 court cases on the election. It's been nearly two and a half years. Uh, can you publicly acknowledge that you did lose the 2020 she election? She wants that sound about him conceding or not conceding, really. That's really what she wants. They found millions of votes on camera, on government cameras, where uh, they were stuffing ballot boxes. So with all of that, I think it's a shame. So let's hold it for a second. What happened? So she knows she's not going to get a an answer of Donald Trump where he's going to say, hey, I concede I lost the election in 2020 and Joe Biden was legitimately elected. What's she trying to do here? She's trying to get President Trump to say what he said, that, no, I am not giving in here, because that's the sound bite that CNN and Democrats want, that they should be able to play to their voters. Trump is still not giving in and saying that he was wrong about 2020. He's still a monster. He's still someone that has this massive ego, still a bad guy, instead of focusing on the policies. They started off this debate when the country's in the ground in terms of inflation, in terms of our national security and all other, the other things facing this country and the problems that we're in the midst of. And she's focused on 2020. Well, Trump took the bait. He went a little too far much into it. But she still wouldn't stop uh, arguing with everything he said about 2020, which put him in a position where it was hard for him to resist not responding a whole time uh, that it was a rigged election. So let's hear a little bit more about this, of what, when, what happened uh, with this discussion about election fraud. For our country. I think it's a very sad thing, frankly, for the world, because if you look at what's gone to our country, our country has gone to hell. Our borders are bad. He tried to our move it to policy. Been bad. You look at the taxes, you look at inflation, what's happened to inflation. It's just destroying our country. Uh, we've really become, in many ways, a third world country. And it's very sad what's happened in this administration. And it's uh, something that will turn around on day one. We were energy independent. Now energy is at a level that we've never had to pay before. We've, nobody can afford to continue to pay what's happening with energy, but we were energy independent. Uh, we were getting out of Afghanistan with strength and with dignity, and instead we got out, we looked like fools, probably mm -hmm. the most embarrassing moment in the history Watch her of go country. back to We have a lot of questions about the economy and foreign Good. policy tonight, but, but what you just said there, Republican officials debunked those claims about fraudulent <laughs> ballots. We want to give you a chance Who? tonight. Who? Republican officials Who? in Georgia and every single state. Uh, there is no your own election officials, Mr. Look, President. Uh, so we want to give you a chance. We're afraid to take on the issue, but we have a big problem in this country. We have we want to elections. To we have elections that were horrible. If you look at what happened in Pennsylvania, Philadelphia. If you look at what happened in Detroit, Michigan. If you look at what happened in Atlanta. Millions of votes, and all you have to do is take a look at government cameras. You'll see them. People going to 28 different voting booths to vote, to put in seven ballots apiece. So I mean, and they're all on I camera. stop you there because, because there is no evidence of that. Your own election officials testified to that and have said that. Republicans in these states, in Georgia, up. there were multiple recounts, including a hand recount. We have questions about the claims that you're making tonight from voters on this topic. I want to bring in Scott Dustin from Concord. He works in insurance litigation. He's an undeclared voter. That's what they call independence here okay. in New Hampshire, as you know. He did vote for you in 2020. Scott, what's your question for the president? 
Hi, uh, President Trump. Welcome back to New Hampshire. Thank you. Uh, will you suspend polarizing talk of election fraud during your run for president? Uh, will I suspend, excuse me, what? Will you suspend polarizing talk of election fraud during your run for president? Yeah, unless I see election fraud. Unless <laughs> I see election fraud, I think I have an obligation to say it. And you know what we went through uh, a short while ago has really put our country in a big problem. Uh, I hope to do that. I hope we're going to have very honest elections. Uh, we should have voter ID. We should have one-day elections. We should have paper ballots instead of these mail-in votes. But uh, the answer is yes, and I hope that it's going to be very straight up, because if it's going to be straight up, we're going to win the election. So you yeah. will suspend talk to his question about the 2020 election on the campaign trail? Okay, so the hell with what's going on here. It's a pretty uh, tough situation, I think, for both sides, because Trump, every time she's going to bring up fraud in the election, he's going to say there was fraud, and it, Joe Biden wasn't legitimately elected. There's no way for him to stop that, because if he doesn't respond to claims that she's making that he's wrong about election fraud, then they'll say, hey, he didn't have what to answer. Now, she has a, an issue the other way, because when she brought it up and then Trump gave an answer that there was fraud and you know, that it happened there and there. She she was in a position where she had to respond to every single one of those things because otherwise Trump would be right. So it's a pretty tough position, and they got to come to a place where they can both get out of the argument, which always happens in an argument where both sides don't concede. And, and at some point, somebody's got to give in. But I think that for Trump to give in would, it, it is more of a thing, uh, is way harder and she should have realized that he he's the candidate, right? She she can just go after the debate and say, you know, we just went on for too long. But for Trump being the candidate, he shouldn't be the one that has to concede in this argument. Uh, he he doesn't have to give up. She has to move on. And, and she was trying to pin him down on on just. I asked him again and again whether he's going to concede that he lost and admit that he lost in 2020, and he wouldn't do that. That's what she was looking for, and it's pretty despicable. That's how you start up a town hall. Now, a town hall, for those that don't know exactly what the process is, it's more like you bring down a, a politician or you bring down somebody, and you have a host like her, right? And the host starts it off. you got a big crowd there, and then you have – People in the crowd get to a ask questions of the candidate or the person that's on the stage. That's what a town hall situation is, and it's set up in that manner. And uh, the, uh, these were independent people that were undecided voters and people that are Trump supporters. And it was all the way for Trump when you looked at the how the crowd was cheering him on the whole time. It was a pretty stupid move of them not to bring along Democrats as well. Uh, very few Democrats were there. I don't know that what they were thinking. But uh, it was it was messed up for CNN. Now, uh, uh, on election fraud, the thing is, some of the things the president brought up, I don't have the cut right here to play. It would have to go through the entire thing if we do that. He brought up that there were videos where we see people that voted seven times, ten times, and that's evidence of election fraud. That's not evidence of m election fraud that had an effect on the uh, outcome of the election. That's a stupid claim to make because in every election you have people that vote a nice couple of times. They know to commit fraud and they commit fraud. So, yeah, you want to say there could have been a lot of people. That happens in every election, so maybe then one in 2016, right? Could be that fraud also happened, and it definitely happened in 2016. Could be it happened to the level where the election was stolen from Hillary Clinton. But that that's not a claim to be made. What Trump needs to 
focus on, which he also did focus on, but I'm just saying that was the one argument that I thought was stupid to bring up about you know people voting uh, a few times instead of voting once, which is legal, because that could happen in any election. That has happened in past elections, and there's proof of that. So, you know, in the, these other elections, the people didn't come out and say, hey, this was stolen. Trump didn't do that. Uh, with uh, Hil- Hillary Clinton didn't do that in 2016. She said the election was stolen because of Russian interference, but not because people double voted. But what you didn't have in other elections, except for 2020, was where you had trucks pulling up with ballots, fake ballots, and they threw the, the, the Republican poll watchers out of the facility where they were counting the ballots. That brings up big questions. Is there clear-cut evidence and proof that the election was completely stolen? Does President Trump know 100% for sure that the election was stolen? I don't know that he knows that 100%. I, I, I'm sure he believes that, and I think that there's a big freaking chance this election was stolen from him. And so even if he doesn't have all the evidence, he's still coming out and saying, yeah, it was stolen, I have the evidence, because he believes that's what happened. You saw action being taken to turn over the election for Biden like never in the history. And you talk about a candidate, Joe Biden, that's so weak and screwed over, right? The guy barely spoke, and he had his issues. Uh, Now, the Democrats voted for Joe Biden, not for Joe, but against President Trump. But still, the outcome was tremendous, and— it's pretty hard to believe it. So there was fraud more like we've ever seen in the 2020 election. But to what extent did that change the outcome of the election? Because it could be that Joe Biden did legitimately win. There's no evidence that the election was uh, completely stolen. And Trump doesn't have that evidence, but he believes that. And I think his supporters believe that. And I believe that that's a very big possibility. So we're moving on from that. That's what she was extremely focused on. And then there was the talk about January 6th. And there was the talk about, will you uh, pardon all these people that were arrested over January 6th? And I think he gave a very fair and good answer. He said, well, look into every case. I think a lot of them will because a lot of them were just, you know, they were let in by the cops and they didn't do any violence things. But people that did do violent stuff, they should be held accountable. And those are the people he will not pardon. And uh, he brought up Ashley Babbitt, which he didn't want to talk about. And he said the cop that killed her was an evil person. There was no neat reason to do that. Well, she wasn't armed, and the cop didn't see that she was armed. She was climbing in through a window. The shooter was extremely crazy. The shooter dead, and he wasn't held accountable for that. And that was the only death that was caused by the January 6th riot. And she called it the deadly riot during this town hall debate. That wasn't a deadly riot. What was deadly was the 2020 riots across the country in left-wing states and cities where BLM and Antifa were rioting because they didn't have the cops in those Democratic states and cities doing their job. They didn't let them do the job. The Democratic officials didn't let them do that, and they didn't let Trump bring in the National Guard. So now we move on to Ukraine, all right? Ukraine, Trump made some great comments. I think that's where he was extremely good on in terms of getting points across to the other side of the aisle, to Democrats, because so much of what Trump was focused on was his own Trump MAGA base and Republicans and focusing on the the election was stolen. And that was stupid because CNN is a Democratic-based viewership of people, right? Now they got a lot of uh, very little viewers, but it's a Democratic outlet, and I think a lot of Democrats, you know, they see videos on YouTube from CNN, and that's what they look for. And this town hall is going to have a lot of Democrats watching it. And there were a few things and a few opportunities that Trump had 
uh, like uh, even trying to move more away from the election fraud and not focusing so much on that. I think he did a good job of the answer to January 6th. He didn't say, I'll just pardon everybody because that would have been used against him in a very strong manner. Ukraine war, he made some great comments, uh, and he couldn't have done it anywhere, any other way because they asked him, will you can, you know, say that uh, Putin is a war criminal and didn't want to say that? And it was impossible for him to say there's a war criminal. We'll get into that after we play the cut. But I think he did great with Ukraine. He did great with when it came to abortion. Because a lot of Republican candidates that are in the race now, like Ron DeSantis, they say just after a couple of weeks, we we will ban it in the country for all states where you can't have an abortion during after an X amount of time. And that's the pro-life people that want that. Uh, it should be banned abortions all across the country. Now it's up to the states after Roe v. Wade was overturned. And Trump was asked about that. So Trump didn't come out and say, hey, I got this amount of weeks or that amount of weeks. He said, we'll make a deal. We'll figure it out. We'll, we'll see what's right. We'll, we'll think it through. We're not just jumping to anything to please the pro-lifes or the pro-abortion people. And I think that was great because would he have given a certain time? What do you said after five weeks, no more abortions? The, the pro-abortion people, and there are a lot of them in the country, uh, sadly, that uh, would definitely uh, not vote for Trump in the general election. Now, I don't know that he can win the general, but if, if his job is to try to bring him to the other side of the aisle. So he did great when it came to the abortion issue, not giving a specific time. Because let's say he would have said, uh, you know what, 30 weeks, which is uh, you know a bit ex- very extreme. Let's see what it said 30 weeks, and uh, which is not, not something anybody thinks he's going to say eventually. Let's see, he says, I'll pass a bill where if I become president, I'll pass a bill that you can't have an abortion after 30 weeks of the child, you know, developing already. Um, and you know what that would do? That would turn off the pro-life people that are in his in his base, and they would say, hey, I'm voting for DeSantis because you're a very similar to pro-abortion. So let's move on right now to Ukraine, which we mentioned. Because I want you to hear what went on in that exchange, and we'll get into some of it. And man, the post-game of CNN after this town hall, they were very focused on Ukraine. Hey, he's a Putin lover. He doesn't think it's a problem, this war. We'll get into that. So listen to these comments and arguments that Trump made right here. Thank you so much for coming. Thank you. Um, The current administration has made it clear that we should continue to provide military equipment to Ukraine so that they can defend themselves. Do you support this decision, and how would you deal with the increasing threat posed by Vladimir Putin? First of all, thank you very much. It's really nice, and it's an important question, so important, because we're giving away so much equipment. We don't have ammunition for ourselves right now. We don't have ammunition for ourselves. We're giving away so much. But here's the thing. I have to say it to start off, no longer matters. If I were president, this would have never happened. And even the Democrats admit that. Putin knew it would have never happened. And his pipeline would have never happened. A lot of things would have never happened. But this would never happen. And all those dead people, both Russian and Ukrainian, they wouldn't be dead today. And all those cities that are blown up and disintegrated right to the ground, that wouldn't have happened. Okay. Now, here's the problem. We've given so far $171 billion. They've given, meaning they, meaning European Union, which is approximately the same size altogether as our economy. They've given about 20. So we're at 170, let's say, and they're at 20. Uh, you don't have to know too much about history to realize, or geography, to realize that 
They're a little bit more effective than we are, okay? So they've got to put up a lot more money because they're taking advantage of us like every other country did. That's why I ended NAFTA and replaced it with the USMCA. All right, so just one comedy made here about these countries spending all that money. That was a very important comment to make. And we're spending four, five, seven times as much as the combination of all these because they're giving, you said, I think $27 billion. We're giving $150 billion or something along those numbers. The European countries are neighboring with the Ukraine country that Russia, Putin invaded. And we're giving four times when we're not at uh, a risk of having Putin taking over Ukraine would affect us as much as these countries, they'll be affected more. So why are we paying more than they are? Democrats say because nobody's paying it and we we got to get rid of Putin taking over Ukraine. And so that's why the United States got to pay it because nobody else is paying the money. Listen, buddy, listen. If we would stop spending this amount of money, if we would stop shelling out the cash to Ukraine at the number $100 billion worth of equipment or cash, what would happen? Hey, if the European neighboring countries of Ukraine are afraid of Vladimir Putin taking over Ukraine and then coming after them, they'll start shelling out the cash like no tomorrow. If they're not afraid of having Putin taking over Ukraine, well then, hey, and that's why they're not spending the money, then uh, maybe we also shouldn't spend the cash. They know what they're doing. They're neighboring with uh, Ukraine. If they if they don't want to spend the money because they're not afraid, then it could be it's not the biggest issue if R- Russia takes over Ukraine for our national security. They know. They're neighboring. But uh, maybe they're not giving the money because we're shelling it out, which means if we stop giving the money to Ukraine, they'll start giving the money. And they're neighboring with Ukraine, so it's more like it's their problem and their responsibility to fund the war for the Ukrainian side. And we're doing it because we're being taken advantage of by these people thanks to having a weak president and administration that wants to shell out this cash, an administration that is a part of the establishment because this is what it is. The corporations that produce these equipment, these the, all these weapons, they – give money to the right and to the left, which is why you got Lindsey Graham, an establishment Republican, so into spending money when it comes to this war and sending military equipment. Don't let the other country spend it. Let us spend it because the corporations that give me money for my campaign, and this goes for the left and the right establishment politicians, they fund my campaign. They'll be making a lot of money if we give all this equipment to Ukraine. That's why there's so into spending this. But if you think logically, if we stop spending, maybe the neighboring countries will start spending, and they get more affected by this war. So we shouldn't be the ones that take the burden. They should, and they're not because we're spending all the cash. Let's get back to some more comments about Ukraine because I loved what he said about the, uh, the war and uh, about him not condemning Putin. Here we go. I don't know any Democrats who have said they don't believe Putin would have invaded if you were president. So her question is, Which is would true. you continue to give Ukraine we wouldn't money have the Afghanistan if you're elected? Uh, What's the answer? I have and a very good relationship weakness. with uh, President Zelensky because, as you know, he backed me up with the, with the phony uh, impeachment, impeachment hoax number one, when he said the president didn't do anything wrong. So that I happen to like So I happen to like that. That's right. And it, it was, I was being exonerated, by the way, just a waste <laughs> of time and money. You were impeached over that. 
But the question is, what do you give Ukraine? They're not cheering for her, they're cheering for him, baby. crazy woman named Nancy but Pelosi. the question here is, would you give Ukraine weapons and funding if you were... I would sit down. Let, let me just put it a nicer way. Uh, if I'm president, I will have that war settled in go. one day, 24 hours. Very important. How would you settle that war in one day? Because I'll meet with Putin, okay. I'll meet with Zelensky. They mm-hmm. both have weaknesses and they both have strengths. And within 24 hours, that war will be settled. It'll be over. It'll be absolutely Do you want over. Ukraine to win this war? All right. So st- let's stop it right here. This was the comment of the night. People, professionals across the aisle, in this country, politicians. You have Chris Christie, the former governor of New Jersey, coming out and saying he's a suck up to Putin. He's a Putin lover. That's why he's not condemning the war. Look at this. 24 hours he said he'd, he'd be having this war over if he becomes president. I think he's exaggerating a little bit, but all the professionals are saying he's so crazy. He's so off. He's an extreme person that doesn't know what the hell he's saying. He's nuts in the head. There's no way you can get this done within 24 hours. You want to hear something, people? Now you might think, well, 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 but right. They're right. He's crazy. 24 hours. We've got a serious war going on. No way that Putin's leaving. You got a deal? You got a deal that's worth it for Putin where he gets part of Ukraine? And uh, it's worth it for Ukraine because they get the rest of their country or something like that. Maybe it can be over in 24 hours. And here's what you need to look at. 2020, during that election where we had COVID, Trump came out and started the, 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 the thing to get COVID vaccines out in the most rapid manner that we've ever had vaccines produced. Now, I'm not a big vaccine fan, but he said we'll have it by the end of the election. And all the professionals, including Joe Biden, were out there saying, no way in hell is that happening at that, this rapid pace. He's lying. He's just saying it because he, he wants to take credit for the vaccine. It's never coming out be, before uh, I'm president and under, when, when Trump is running. This is too short of a time, and if it comes out, it's not going to be safe. And then what happened? And then Joe Biden won the election. He didn't become president yet, and he took the shot while Trump was still president. In that short period of time from when it was started to be produced— and this time slot that Trump said the vaccine would be finished. All the professionals were out there saying, no way, no way are we having the vaccine this quickly as Trump is saying we're going to have it. And you know what? It was extreme, but he was right. It was produced in this fast manner. He got rid of all these red tape things that were making it hard and all these regulations to be able to produce the vaccine. I'm not a big fan of it, but still, he proved that it was extreme, but he was right on it. So the professionals coming out and saying now, oh, no way. Can he get this done in 24 hours? It's not the same professionals. Those were doctors. Those are military people. But let me tell you something. Those are political people as well. The professional doctors in 2020 knew that he'd be able to get the vaccine that quickly, that rapidly. They didn't want to say it because they wanted to look bad for Trump. They wanted Joe Biden to win. They're part of the establishment. And these people that are coming out and saying on the Democratic side of the aisle and even on the Republican side of the aisle that no way could Trump get this done in 24 hours are also part of the establishment. They also wanted to look bad for President Trump. They're not doctors. They're military people that hate Trump. And you know what? Maybe we can't get it done in 24 hours, but we can get it done in somewhere around that time, maybe in a week, maybe in, at, a, at a very short period of time with Trump be able to do it. He has a record of do, saying he'd do crazy stuff, and he did it. Crazy good stuff I'm talking about. Let's go on with where she wants him to say that he wants Ukraine to win. I'll explain why what he says there is so on target. I don't think in terms of winning and losing. I think in terms of getting it settled so we stop killing all these people and breaking down. <laughs> what do you, 
The establishment don't care about people getting killed. What about spending more money? Excuse me, let me just Can you say if you want Ukraine or Russia to win this war? I want everybody to stop dying. They're dying. Russians and Ukrainians. I want them to stop dying. And I'll have that done. I'll have that done in 24 hours. I'll have it done. You need the power of the presidency to do it. But you but won't say that you want Ukraine to win. You, you know mm. what I'll say? I'll you say this. Houses. I want Europe to put up more money because they're in for 20 yep. billion. We're in for 170, yep. and they should be, and they should the equalize. War. They have plenty of money. They should equalize. I don't want you to I talk about that. Don't talk about that. I, I, got, to I got them right to put up hundreds of billions of dollars that they weren't paying under Obama and Bush. And all of these other presidents, that's why they're, they're able to help them fight the war because of the money I got. But I want, Europe to, in Ukraine, I want Europe to put up more money because they're laughing at us. They think we're a bunch of jerks. We're spending $170 billion. So basically she wants to force him to say that he wants Ukraine to win. He said very clearly that that's not what he wants to say because he said something else. You asked him, does he want Ukraine to win? And he says, I don't want any more war. I want there to be peace, and we got to get this under control. She asked him again, and then he says basically the same thing or others. But he doesn't say that I want Ukraine to win, so that's not what he wants to answer. Oh, you didn't answer that you want Ukraine to win. I want you to answer that. What in the world? He's on there. It's about the president, not about the host of that uh, town hall. Give him space. Let him say it as he wants. You want to push back on some stuff, okay. But you're forcing him to say the things in the way that you want. You want him to say either Russia should win or Ukraine should win. Oh, that's what he wants? That's what you want him to answer. That's screwed up and that's unfair. Now, let's talk about why Trump should not come out and say that he wants either Russia to win or Ukraine. But obviously, Russia is wrong in this case. But for him to come out and say that Russia is 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 bad and they should lose this war and Ukraine should win is would be completely stupid because Trump said he'd get this done in 24 hours right a deal done he plans on being president in 2025 right so he wants to get that deal done imagine Trump comes out and says I want Ukraine to win Putin is extremely wrong on this it would make it way harder for someone like Trump, who wants to bring those two, Zelensky and Putin, to the negotiating table, to bring Putin to the negotiating table because he just condemned them. A little more of this conversation where she basically wanted Trump to say that Putin is a war criminal, and he didn't say that. Why not? Because if he says he's a war criminal, then to get Putin to come to the negotiating table would be way more difficult because, hey, you said I'm a war criminal. Why, why would you be negotiating with a war criminal, right? So that's why he didn't do that. That's why he didn't say he wants Ukraine to win. And people have to understand that. A lot of people think it's crazy. He he wants Russia to win. No, that's not what he wants. He doesn't want blood to be shed. He wants to be able to make a deal. He wants negotiations to happen. And for him to condemn Putin would be uh, making it may, way more difficult to bring him to the negotiating table and to bring a stop to this war. So good job, Trump, on that talk. Here we go, a little more on that. Away land, and they're right next door to that land. And they're in for 20. I don't think 20. so. When it comes to what's happening there, when you were in office, you said that you respected President Putin. Do yeah, you still respect him today? Uh, he made a tremendous mistake. He made He's a smart guy, you know. I remember I said he was smart, she was smart. They well, said, he said, said President Xi of China, right? It's smart. Okay, 1.5 billion people. He's the <laughs> ruler of 1.5 billion people. I said, he's a smart guy. How dare he say he's smart? Of course he's smart. 
They want you to say he's a stupid person. Okay, he's not a stupid person. He's very smart. He's very cunning. I love this. And Putin made a bad mistake, in my opinion. What was his mistake? His mistake was going in. He would have never gone in if I was president. We used to talk about it. Do you believe that he is a war criminal? Oh, man. Do you believe that Putin is a war criminal? He's responsible for the deaths of thousands well, of Well, I think this, I think it's something that not, should not be discussed now. It should be discussed later. Because there right now, go. we have to get a war. If you say he's a war criminal, it's going to be a lot go. tougher to make a deal to get this thing stopped. Mm -hmm. Because if he's a war criminal, where people are going to go and grab him and execute him, he's going to fight a lot harder than he's fighting, you know, under the other circumstances. Uh, that's something to be discussed at a later date. Right now, we want to get that war settled. To call it what it is. And I'm not talking about the money either. I'm talking about done. all the lives that are being... The number of people being killed in that war is far greater than you're hearing. When they blow up the city and those buildings come pouring down... and All right. Do you remember when Joe Biden went to Saudi Arabia and he condemned Saudi Arabia because they killed an American journalist and they're doing bad stuff and horrible and he's not going to shake hands with him? And then he did shake hands with a Saudi Arabia person, right? With, uh, with the prince, uh, or now the king of Saudi Arabia. Well, well, why not? Why didn't he come out and tell him you're a horrible person? Because he wanted to get a deal out of Saudi Arabia so that they should sell oil to us because we stopped producing uh, gasoline in the country. So, yeah, you don't go there and say, you're horrible, I hate you all the way, you jerk. You don't do that if you're trying to get a deal just for oil, and especially if you want to get a war under control. You don't come out and say he's a worth criminal. She says, call it what it is. I can't call it what it is if I'm trying to be good with Putin to bring an end to this war, you jerk, stupid person, host of CNN with your crappy agenda where you want this war to continue. That was that about the Ukraine war and the comments that he made there. And I also want to play for you um, a little bit about what Trump said about abortion because we already spoke about how he made good comments on that. He put it somewhere between the aisles so as not to offend people that are pro-life and not to offend people that are pro-abortion. Here's that cut where he spoke about uh, not making uh, abortion, banning it federally, or to what extent, how many weeks he'll allow abortions at a federal level. Listen to this exchange. Okay, answering this question this evening. How do you plan to appeal to women voters in New Hampshire who are concerned about Dobbs' decision and how states may change their laws? It's such a great question, and it was such a great victory, and uh, people are starting to understand it now. Uh, you know that they wanted to bring it back to the states, but that was probably the least important part of that victory. Getting rid of uh, Roe v. Wade was an incredible thing for pro-life because it gave pro-life something to negotiate with. Pro-life had absolutely nothing being stuck in Roe v. Wade to negotiate with. And now what's happening, and I see it all over, uh, deals are being made, deals are going to be made, and it, it, look, everybody that was president wanted to get rid and tried to get rid of Roe v. Wade. You mean For 50 years, Republicans. For 50 years, this has been going on. Actually, a couple of Democrats, too. But for 50 years, this has been going on. I was able to do it, and I was very honored got the to Supreme do Court it. Justice but by doing it, Things are happening that are very, very positive. And you have to, I happen to believe in the exceptions, the life of the mother, rape, incest, like Ronald Reagan believed in the exceptions. But I happen to believe it. I think, it, I think it's frankly important to do that, but a lot of people are, uh, you know, against that. A, small, a relatively, small, relatively small number. But the way, I, the way I look at it, I think it's very important to say this. I consider the other side to be radical. 
because the other side under Roe v. Wade and other things, the other mm -hmm. side, they're radical because they will remember the debate with Hillary Clinton. They said, rip the baby out of the womb at the end of the ninth month. They will kill the baby in the ninth month. If you look at that crazy governor of Virginia from the former governor, where he said, no, the baby will be born, and then we'll decide mm -hmm. essentially whether or not to execute but, the baby. But, 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 but you would do no, but you these are the radical are people. It's not the pro-life people that are radical. But if you are re-elected and you're back in the Oval Office and you get legislation to your desk, would you sign a federal abortion ban into law? I, what I'll do is negotiate so that people are happy. But the fact that we were able, I was able, I'm so proud of it, we put three great justices on the Supreme Court. We have almost 300 federal judges on the Supreme Court. I said this, I said this, I want to do what's right, and we're looking, and we want to do what's right for everybody. But, what's right? but now, for the first time, the people that are pro-life have negotiating uh, capability, because you didn't have it before. They could kill the baby in the ninth month or after the baby was born. Now they won't be able but to I do that. But I think this that. is a really important question for you to answer, because this is something all, every Republican, including those who are running against you for the nomination, are being asked about, is would you sign a well, federal abortion ban into yeah. law? And many of them are going to give you the same answer as I. Uh, I am, first of all, I am honored to have done what I did. And a lot of people said, they said in 150 years, he's now the most consequential president because he saved so many lives. And I'm honored to have done it. So here's a feeling to the pro-life. But he's not saying that all who have a nationwide ban is appealing to the left. We have a great negotiating ability, and I think we're going to be able to get something done. What do you mean negotiating done. ability? Because the question that Republicans have, and some of your allies on Capitol Hill, says they want to introduce legislation when it comes to banning abortion. If they send it to your desk, would you sign it? Some people are at six weeks. Some people are at three Where weeks. Where is President weeks. Trump? Uh, President Trump is going to make a determination what he thinks is great for the country and what's fair for the country. But the fact that I was able to terminate Roe v. Wade after 50 years of trying, they worked for 50 years. I've never seen anything like it. They worked. You see, so what he did here there, uh, what he did was she was trying to get him to say a certain timeline of when you can't have an abortion, six weeks, three weeks, or whatever that is. What is President Trump thinking? And he said, I think I'll do what's good for the country, meaning it's not about Trump. It's about the voters. It's about the people to decide, and there'll be a, a deal being made between Democrats and Republicans over how to go about abortion, how many weeks until you get a, 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 a it's not it's, until it's illegal to do an abortion. And there'll be maybe a nationwide ban, but it's going to be something that pleases both sides of the aisle or at least doesn't get either side of the aisle extremely mad at that the results of that and that was amazing because he didn't get the pro-life people mad at him he didn't get the pro-abortion people mad at him very in the middle of the aisle and abortion is going to play a big role in the 2024 election no doubt about that because democrats are extremely focused on that in the media because they don't they can't talk about biden's policies that's down the tubes they could focus on abortion now republicans are are against uh, my body my choice and that's what they're focused on so the Democrats are looking at that, and, and, and I think he dealt with that very smartly. Uh, but there was one thing that where he spoke about the border, Title 42 going away today, and she asked him about that because we have an open border, 10,000 people cross, 
every single day now. It's like it has never been before in the history. And now with Title 42 going away, and that was put in place because of COVID, but Republicans still want to keep it in place, not because of COVID, but to have it in place because we have a border crisis and it's overwhelming our country and there are you know side effects. Uh, and now we're going to have 50,000 people possibly coming every day. That means we're, we're going to triple the number or quadruple the number. So here we go with President Trump and his commentary on the border situation. I think he was appealing to his voter base and MAGA Republicans, but he could have done a better job. But listen, at this town hall, he had it was hosted by CNN, so he had a lot of Democratic viewers, and he should have convinced them why they should care about the border. And we'll talk about what he missed, a great opportunity at that town hall to talk about the border in a way that would convince Democrats that we need to shut it down. Mr. President, Title 42 is expected to expire tomorrow. Our southern border and now our northern border are experiencing record migration. We learned on May 2nd that the Biden administration plans on deploying 1,500 troops to the southern border. Do you agree with deploying troops to the border, and how will a Trump administration slow down the rate of migrants coming across all our borders? Sure. A very fair question, especially since tomorrow is going to be a day of infamy. You're going to have tens of thousands of people pouring into our country. Even the judge, you know, the judge overruled them when they wanted to terminate it early. And he said, you know that you better extend this thing. The judge in Texas said, I hope you're going to extend this. But this is my policy that they're letting terminate because they lost in court. They wanted to go earlier. You're going to have millions of people pouring into our country right now at a level that nobody's ever seen before. These people are sick. Anybody that wants this to happen to our country, they're destroying our country, and this should not be allowed to happen. How they're not going to do a version of Title 42 or my Title 42, which was tough, if people are sick and have infectious diseases Version meaning not for COVID, problems, his Title 42 was for COVID. Into our country. We, we need have it because we have a border right crisis. Now. We have problems like we've never had in the history of our country. Our country, our country the is being it's ending, destroyed. The reason it's ending is because the health policy, the COVID-era pandemic emergency, is coming to an end. That's what Title 42 was. You put it in place because That's of COVID. True, but you when have, it comes to the questions about what your immigration policy would look like if you are reelected, some of your Republican rivals have criticized you for not fulfilling the promises that you made on the campaign trail, like finishing the border wall. So how did voters know that you you're reelected? I did finish the wall. I built a wall, I built hundreds of miles of wall, and I finished it. And then I said, we have to build some more because there are areas like water going through a dam. There are some areas where a lot of people are coming. You close up one and they come into another. And we started another hundred miles of wall. In fact, I said to my people, if we start this and don't finish it, and then we had a rigged election. I'm sorry to say it. The election was and, not oh, okay, good, president. You can't I'm, I'm that all night long. And so then they took <laughs> over <laughs> and they decided not to finish it. It would have taken them three weeks. I built hundreds of miles of wall. If we didn't have it, it would be hard to believe it could be any worse. They're just letting people flow into our country. Look, a country has to have borders. There's never been anything like that is happening to our country. You built about 52 miles of new wall when you were in office, Mr. President. It wasn't the complete wall. One other thing that was no, but I have to respond to that. With your immigration, it was only about okay, 52 can I miles respond? of new wall. This is what she does. <laughs> I built hundreds of miles. Some of the wall was up there, and it would be laying on the ground, rusted rotten steel, rusted rotten wood, a little. And what the radical left, crazy Democrats did. 
if there's a piece of wood laying down, they consider that a wall. I built 30-foot walls that go down seven feet into the ground. If there was a little piece of wood sitting in the ground, they said, oh, he's not building a wall. We already have. Okay, so there you have his comments on the border. But notice there were a few things he left out, and that is the amount of cocaine. I didn't play everything, but I, I heard everything that he said about the border, and he didn't mention the cocaine that's coming in. He didn't mention the criminals. He didn't mention how that is a direct result of the border being wide open. We got four million gotaways. The majority of them are criminals because otherwise they would turn themselves freaking in. They got a free smartphone, housing, Xbox, and all these things. They didn't turn themselves in because they're criminals and they'll be sent back to Mexico or even better put into prison in the United States of America. That's why they come here and they run away. Over 4 million of them, 12 of them that we caught, or more than 12, were found to be on the terrorist watch list. How many more are on the terrorist watch list? That's not what Trump mentioned, and I was extremely upset about that because that was an opportunity to uh, convince Democrats that the border is a problem. Republicans already believe that the border is an issue, and they say, border, a country without a border ain't no country, and uh, we need a border wall to secure our country, and these people are coming across here are bad, and it's a disaster that all these people are coming across here, not in the legal process. Yes, that's what Republican, below, vote, Republican voters believe in, but Democrats have no issue with all these people coming in here. They say they're going through dire situations, Mexico, in Guatemala, in Andorras, and we got to allow them in here even if it's having a financial burden on our country because they're, treating, they're being treated extremely bad in Mexico. we got to allow them in here. It's not a problem that Title 42 is going away, and we're going to have millions more coming into the country. We feel bad for the people. And Trump just said, oh, it is a problem that they're coming in here. That does not convince Democrats to say, hey, I'm going to vote for Trump or I'm going to vote for Republicans in 2024 in the congressional election, in the Senate election, in the presidential election, which I don't think is going to have that much of an effect on the presidential election. It's going to come out down to Democrats hating President Trump or hating Ron DeSantis and, and the division in the parties. But I think in the congressional and senatorial elections, that's where it can play a role. But you want to convince them that the border is a problem, and this was his opportunity because it was on CNN, and CNN never mentions the problems of the terrorists and the cocaine and the fentanyl that comes across the border every single day. 97% of the cocaine and fentanyl that we have in the country is, a, is from the southern border, and it's a direct result of the border being open. That is something that Democrats feel because a lot of people know people that died from cocaine and fentanyl when they thought it was just marijuana, and they died from that. And people have already been affected by criminals coming across from Mexico because the the, the Mexicans and the, 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 the people from these other countries, the politicians, they're opening their prisons to let these people come to our country. Get rid of the criminals. It's easier for them, right? That's the problem. That's what he should have mentioned. That could have convinced Democrats, hey, I feel bad for the people that are stuck in Mexico and want to come across here illegally. We should allow them in here. But what do we have to sacrifice? Our lives, our children's lives, our safety, the security of our children? No. There's a limit, and I think the limit is death. And when they come in with cocaine and they come in with terrorists, that's when we have to say we need to change the process. Maybe we should make it e easier to come here legally, uh, and we have to at least be able to vet all these people that are coming across here illegally, and we have to get a hold in the situation and, and be able to check on everything that's coming into the country in a good manner to make sure that we don't have cocaine and terrorists coming across the country and criminals, and also not to empower, because one of the other issues is that we're empowering the cartel members. They're becoming this massive gang. It's a billion-dollar industry, that gang. And they're taking over Mexico because of all the money they're making from us. They're already uh, involved in policing the Mexican country. they got a lot of control in different cities over there. Just a short period of time before they take over 
Mexico and they start governing over there, right? That is a big, big issue. We're, to we're talking about a war in Ukraine. We're sending all the money to Ukraine to fight Russia because he's a threat to us if he takes over Ukraine because then he'll come after other countries. What about having a neighboring country that's uh, governed by cartel members and MS-13 members that have no regard for human life and that are despicable, horrible gang members? How, how safe and how good is it for our country? Why are we waiting until that problem arises and turns into a big issue when we could now get rid of it by... Uh, going after fighting them and and number one shutting down the cash flow that they're getting of bringing all these people across the border and we, we if we fight a war with them that's the word we should be fighting with the cartel members i'm not pro i'm not pro war i don't think we should be doing war but that's what we should be focused on instead of waiting until they take over the government of mexico and that's what we're going to have to fight a war with these cartel members but then they're going to have their military the mexican military underneath them it would be way harder to do it then so Trump missed an opportunity when it came to the border. We're going to play one final cut of this town hall slash debate that happened last night. Slam dunk good for Trump showed his energy levels. Hey, Joe Biden, can you do it? Joe Biden, get onto the stage with uh, Fox News or Newsmax or even uh, CNN. But let the, the people in the town hall, those that are there, Republicans, ask some questions. Okay, even if it's hosted by CNN, let it be in a, in a, in a manner where these voters that are Republicans can ask the questions of Joe Biden uncensored. Let's see him handle that. He'll get so mad, he'll say, you're a donkey. Oh, come on, man. I don't know what I'm doing here. What do I? Oh. That's what would have happened over there, right? There you go. One final cut, because this is making its rounds of Trump calling her a nasty person, because she kept on interrupting him. She was extremely rude and unfair to him, but uh, she proved it last night that he has no problem with unfair and tough moderators. He can handle that. That's where he shines. That was the best moment in years of Trump. Uh, Trump has a lot of good moments, but that was amazing. That one hour and five minute debate with CNN. So here's a little final couple we're going to be playing for you today. And now this was at the end of the debate where they were talking about uh, classified documents that President Trump took and uh, the raid on Mar-a-Lago, et cetera. extremely and I was negotiating with They're them. All left. of a sudden, they raided my house. They didn't raid the house of Joe Biden. They didn't raid Obama. But Joe Biden didn't ignore a subpoena to get those documents back like Joe you Biden did. Joe Biden took 1,850 boxes. But that's the question that investigators have, I think, is why you held on to those documents when you knew the federal government was seeking them and then had given you a subpoena to return them. Are you them. ready? Hey, can I talk? Yeah, <laughs> do you mind? Can I do you mind? I would like to answer. Okay, it's very simple to answer. That's why I asked it. It's very simple to you. You're a nasty person, okay? Can you answer why you held on to your document? I was negotiating, and we were talking to NARA, that's Washington, to bring whatever they want. They can have whatever they want. When we left Washington, we had the boxes lined up on the sidewalk outside for everybody. People are taking pictures of them. Everybody knew we were taking those boxes. And the GSA, government service, the GSA was the one taking them. They brought them down to Mar-a-Lago. We were negotiating with NARA. All of a sudden, they raid our house. When Biden has his documents, he won't give back the 1,850 boxes. And you're going to find some real gems in there. But it was so Biden who alerted them that he had the documents. The National Archives reached out to you to get your documents back. Why did Okay, so, yep, there you got that. You're a nasty person, that's what he said. Now, to be uh, brutally honest here, Trump is not the easiest guy to deal with during any discussion interview because he goes on and on and on. It's, you got to interrupt him, but she was being rude and extremely unfair with the way she dealt with him. But that was what made it really interesting now. Uh, she spoke now at the end of this where we had this cut. 
Well, the National Archives Association didn't reach out to Joe Biden to hand back the documents. That's the freaking point. Why the hell not? This was also a little annoying for me that Trump didn't mention. But, you know, you can't blame him. He was under this extreme pressure and he did give answers. I wouldn't be able to do what he did last night with that debate. But, um, you know, listen, the National Archives Association didn't reach out to Joe Biden. Why the hell did they reach out to Donald Trump a couple of months after he leaves office? Joe Biden has it for five years, and they never reach out to him. Mike Pence has it for for two years. They never reach out to him until Mike Pence says he found some. Obama has documents. Oh, he doesn't. Well, the National Archives Association never asked him for it. They, don't, they didn't know about Joe Biden officially, right? Oh, no, they did know. He didn't ask him about it because he wasn't Donald Trump, and they're going after President Trump. Well, the difference between Joe Biden and Donald Trump is that Donald Trump had 300 documents. Joe Biden only had five. To dispute this argument once and for all, the hell with this argument, the National Archives Association deals with millions of millions of documents. If they could track and follow 300, then they can track percentage-wise. It's just as simple to track the five of Joe Biden. When you deal with with 500 documents and then you got 300 missing, that stands out five dozen. If you deal with millions, 300 doesn't stand out any more than five does because percentage-wise it's in the same category. But they knew that Joe Biden had the documents. They didn't give a crap because he's not Donald Trump, and that's what was going on there. The difference is also if Donald Trump, as the president, was able to declassify the documents, that's what he claimed he did. Don Joe Biden, as the vice president, wasn't able to do that. And there we have that. Thank you very much, everybody, for joining us here on the set. It was so good to have you with us as we went into this argument of last night's debate and the different uh, topics that were brought up there. We went to the hits and the hot stuff that took place. We had it right here on the set. And... I actually watched that uh, town hall last night. I also saw the post-game thing with, where they had, uh, I think it was Byron Donalds, who also, pretty interesting, they bring up a black Republican conservative uh, congressman when they usually hate these people and they usually don't bring them up. But uh, I don't know what was going on with CNN. They decided, we got to get some ratings for a day. <laughs> but as we started off the show, it was the highest rated show that CNN had in years. But it was the worst day in the history of CNN because they look like stupid, crappy losers. Trump dominated that conversation, and Trump won. It's clear as day, that debate. And you know what's also interesting? On CNN last uh, yesterday, the entire day, every show that started off, even at 6 in the morning, they were saying today is the town hall day, and they were so excited. I mean, I mean, Trump, listen. It's crazy. Fox News has interviews with Trump all day. Joe Biden would never do an interview. All these other places, they got good guests. And they don't mention the entire day we're having it. You know, even Tucker Carlson, his interview with Elon Musk. Yeah, they mentioned it was coming up, but it wasn't like, today is Elon Musk interview Tucker Carlson day, like town hall day. Because Fox News didn't need the ratings. They don't need the freaking ratings like CNN is dying for it. So the town hall day was... Today's the day, everybody. Tune in at 8 p.m. We're going to beat the ratings we haven't had in years to show that we're still a, a substantial news or, uh, uh, network, CNN. We're going down the tubes, but we have good ratings once in a while, everybody. Have a good one, everybody. Thank you very much.